John 10, 10 says, the thief comes only to still kill and destroy. Mm. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. We know that thief to be Satan himself. And anywhere he can still our joy, he can kill our purpose, he can destroy what God has created us to do, he's going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I find it so interesting that one of the ways that he is targeting right now in the Christian circle is the fear of holidays and their tie to pagan idolism. Today in our podcast, we're going to talk about this tie and what we are, as Christians, do with this concern. Welcome back to Parenting to Impress, your go-to podcast to learn practical ways to love God and love others, and impress this on the hearts of your children. I am your host, Heidi Franz, and I am joined by my dear friend, Melanie Simpson, two moms who have made a lot of mistakes, but have found grace and truth along the way. Melanie, tell me a little bit about this controversy. My hope and prayer is that it is well-meaning. In Christians' efforts to rightly worship and rightly celebrate, they have done deep dives into what are the roots of some of our more contemporary holidays, like Christmas and Easter. And at the heart of that is our pagan roots, idolatry and paganism. And what's happened is we have kind of a segment of believers who are shunning any kind of celebration tied to those pagan roots. Now, the holidays aren't the only place that we see these pagan roots. We see them even in the days of the week and in the planet names. This is very common. So why is there an issue now? My understanding is that on this side of the cross, that is, you know, since Jesus' death and resurrection, we are being called to be set apart and holy. Mm-hmm. And that is true. And that if we as believers engage in any sort of the trappings of holidays mm-hmm. for Easter, for example, we are participating in Easter egg hunts or we have Easter baskets and things like that, that we are somehow being conformed to the world instead of being set apart. Oh, yeah. All right. So we're going to do the same thing we do in every podcast. We're going to go right back to the word. What does the Bible say or not say? Let's start with what does the Bible not say about these holidays? Well, the Bible literally says nothing. That's exactly correct. (laughs) There is no mention of Easter or Christmas um, or anything like that. What I find so fascinating is that throughout the entirety of Scripture, though, we have feasts and festivals and celebrations that God himself redeemed from what we would consider to be pagan holidays in the first place. I mean, if you think about just the rhythms of of an agricultural world, you have seasons and you have times of harvest and you have times of planting and... And those were celebrated through pagan ways as well. And then God redeemed those and set them apart as a way to celebrate His provision, His power, His sovereignty. And so I think we just need to be careful as we wade into this discussion to remember that God is all-powerful and He is sovereign, and there is nothing that is beyond Him to redeem and restore. So I think just at the outset, we need to remember that Throughout the entirety of the history of man, we have had this tension. This is not a new discussion. Yeah. And God created these festivals, thinking about Passover and and the different ones, as a way for the Jewish people to remember what God had done for them. Right. And then Jesus came in the New Testament, and Jesus created another 
I'm going to call it a, 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 a small festival as far as a communion. Mm-hmm. It was another way for us to remember what he did. And he said, we are to do this in remembrance of him. And then church history takes these events and gives us a way through holidays, Easter and Christmas, to remember and celebrate what Jesus did. Right. Jesus himself, as a Jewish person, rightly held to the Jewish feasts and festivals. That's part of what his responsibility was as a Jewish man. So there are certainly Messianic Jews who now continue to participate in those Jewish celebrations. There are non-Messianic Jews, just Christians, who also like to celebrate those as a way of honoring God and his provision and, and the Jewish people. But that's not really what this conversation is about, Correct. right? I mean, this conversation is about contemporary believers who are at a crossroads because they're caught between two um, pretty extreme, I'll, we'll call them extremes in this conversation. Mm-hmm. And the one, like we said, are Christians who do not think that believers at all should have any part of celebrating holidays because there are pagan roots. And they're unable to separate the paganism with Jesus. Right. And so they believe that it is best for Christians to have absolutely no tie with anything dealing with the holiday of Christmas. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not just even talking about not having a tie with Santa or not having a tie with Christmas tree. We're saying anything doing with Christmas, there are those who believe we should have nothing to do with it because of its roots. Right. And then the other side of this argument or, or discussion are those who think, or maybe they don't even think about it really, and they mm-hmm. just you know continue on with all the trappings of how the world celebrates these holidays and don't see a problem with it. They think that they can peacefully coexist their lives as a believer and with all of the things, all of the activities of Christmas. In their minds, they do not have any trouble separating, I love Jesus and I love Santa Mm -hmm. and the magic that goes with Christmas. Okay, so we've shared two sides, pretty extreme sides on this. But Melanie, I think there's dangers on both sides of those. So let's look at the danger of not participating. What are some of the things that you see the concern there? I think the main thing is, as we always tell you, is what's your heart motive? Are you doing this because you're scared? Is it a place of fear that somehow you will inadvertently or advertently fall into idol worship or fall into paganism? Mm -hmm. Or is it a place of pride, and I'm going to say even Mm self-righteousness, that you are superseding the will of God or what you perceive to be the will of God with a way of perfecting your outward appearance as a believer? In other words, you don't want you don't want there to be any question about who your affiliation was with. Those are that's a great thing, right? right? I mean, we don't want anybody to confuse uh, us as not being Christian, but at the expense of either falling into the pit of fear, falling in the pit of pride, and I'm going to say even being a stumbling block because you've isolated yourself so much so that non-believers can't even see over the wall. They they don't even know what you're right. doing. Right. And it's so easy to fall into that legalism category. But yet we look at the example of Jesus and how he sat with the prostitutes and he sat with the tax collectors. 
He had some pretty harsh words for the Pharisees. Right. And so we want to be careful that when we choose to do something or not do something, that our reasons are to glorify God and love others. Right. We can't separate the two. Yeah. And the same is true of the other side, right? If you if you think that you can live a faith-filled life, a wholehearted faith-filled life for Christ, and have all the things, have the Easter baskets, have the Christmas trees, Santa, all the things, can you also give an answer to that? Are you able to articulate your faith and the reason that you have allowed those things into your home? in a way that makes sense, that you have prayed about and thought about. I think either side, right? We're still talking about, can you give an answer for why you've done the things you've done? And can we talk about, the answer is to God. Your your judge Mm -hmm. is God. It's not your neighbor. It's not your sister in Christ. However, you are called to be accountable to your sister in Christ and your brother in Christ. So there's still some sense in your need to be able to articulate why you're doing what you're doing. Absolutely. For those that are all in, the question is, are you doing it out of ignorance that you don't even realize? Mm -hmm. Are you doing it in a prideful manner where you're abusing grace of going, I can do whatever I want because God's going to forgive give me. Is it a laziness because it's easier to follow what the world's doing? Mm. These are all questions that we need to step back and think about. And I think it all boils down to what is our focus? Mm -hmm. What is our purpose? Mm -hmm. And how are we living that out? I think the next step would be then how can we guide our listeners and ourselves? I mean, Heidi and I have had long conversations Mm -hmm. about this. So what would we say is the process for coming to decisions about these these issues? Well, you know what number one is going to be, and that's prayer and reading the word. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say prayer and reading the word. I highly, highly caution myself included to strictly go off of prayer. Because it's so easy to think that God has given you an answer when you have given yourself the answer that you wanted to hear. Absolutely. I mean, the Word of God, as it comes through prayer, as we get discernment from the Holy Spirit, should always always be in alignment with what we find That's right. um, that God has revealed about himself and his will for his people through his holy scripture. I think in that too, what bubbles up to the surface immediately is acknowledging that most of us operate from a place of fear of something mm-hmm. in, in one way or the other. And most often the, the enemy is, is going to be right there prowling at our door. Absolutely. Second Timothy 1 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. We cannot let fear guide our decisions on whether to have a Christmas tree, to have an Easter basket in our home. Fear cannot guide that. Because I'm going to say that if fear is making your decisions then your children are going to be very confused. Mm -hmm. I'm also going to go out on a limb, Melanie, and I'm going to say that there is not a child out there that is turned from God Mm -hmm. because Santa was mentioned in his home. He dressed up like a dinosaur for Halloween, or he went on an Easter egg hunt. Mm -hmm. A child turns from God because a Christ-like faith was not modeled day in, 
and day out for that child. Yeah. And just to circle back for just a second too, on either side of this, as parents, we need to be forward thinking and again, not getting mired down in this, but just be thinking about what will I do? What will my response be if my adult child chooses differently? Yeah. They are faithful Christians. Um, they love the Lord. They are raising their own families up in the Lord. But let's say I grew up in a home where we did not have a Christmas tree. We didn't do Santa stockings, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. What if my adult child then um, decides that they're going to have a Christmas tree mm-hmm. in their home? How will I navigate that? And I think when you process through that possibility, it's a really good um, and helpful tool for thinking about how, why I'm making the decisions I'm making. Right. I mean, if my knee-jerk response is, well, then I will disown them. That that might be a really good starting mm-hmm. place for why is my heart motive so severe? Mm-hmm. So I don't know that just for me as as you and I have been having these conversations, that's been a really good helpful tool for me to think through that. But Heidi, I think with those three things, the prayer, scripture, and remembering that the enemy is out <laughs> to devour us over these mm-hmm. topics, the passage that you said about having a sound mind. If you find that you've gone through those two things, you've prayed, you've read scripture, and you're still left confused, I would just caution you to not make a decision yet. Mm-hmm. Just persist in those two things. That. Persist. And in reading the word, we want to be very careful that we look at all of God's word. We don't just pick out a Cherry verse, pick. chapter, and that suits our needs. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I have seen lately is there is a big swing to either focus on the New Testament or focus on the Old Testament and not seeing the overarching mm-hmm. goal and purpose that God did throughout all of history mm-hmm. and in these books. So the other thing that I would say, I would encourage you to talk to wise people. Yes. Yes, seek godly counsel. Seek godly counsel. You know, if you are seeking God and you are hearing the same thing in prayer that you are reading in the word, that you are receiving from godly counsel, now you've got something to stand on. Mm -hmm. And also, does your spouse agree? Because we want to be moving in unity. We don't want to be creating divides. Yeah. And then once you've done all those things, then I think is the time to process through the question. Okay, we've made our decision now. Mm-hmm. Now, how will we move forward being light in this dark world? Yes. So how how are we going to navigate the implications of our decision? So mm-hmm. if we've chosen to completely turn our backs on any sort of holiday festivities or celebrations, how then can I enter in conversations with truth and grace? with my non-believing friends and my believing friends in a way that still honors them as image bearers, right? I mean, I'm not here to cut you down or make you or belittle you because you've chosen differently, but to have a conversation, let me share my heart for why we felt led to do this. And let me hear why you're doing the things you're doing. But I think our, our, Global C, big you know, big C church would be such a better place if we had space for those conversations mm-hmm. and we had an opportunity to engage in relationships that allowed for that loving and, and respectful discourse about how God is working in my life because he's not doing the same thing in your life. And that's okay. God is working in your life and in my life differently, but that's how iron sharpens iron. That's how my hard spots are being sanded off because of what God is teaching you also. And so we can work together, not in competition. This isn't a 
a battle to see who is best mom. Who is more righteous. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This is a, a an opportunity to come together as the body of Christ, work together, mm-hmm. grow together. Yeah. yeah. Another one that I think helps us find middle ground on this is thinking about how can we redeem what mm. Satan has destroyed. Yeah. We see it throughout the entire Bible, the story of redemption. Mm-hmm. God takes the negative, the bad, and he redeems it and makes it beautiful. So is God calling us to redeem Easter, Christmas, do I dare say Halloween? It's a great point. We know uh, just through the resurrection story what God is capable of doing. And so we we needn't be dismissive of his power to do anything he wants to do. He is a miracle worker. He makes the dead things come to life. I think that's beautiful. And we also need to remember none of this is licensed to be permissive in in how we think about others or the world. And it likewise is not permission to become a Pharisee in our own right, lording over others, our decisions. And by redeeming this activity, this season, this holiday is a beautiful way for us to get off of our soapboxes, but yet also not be lazy in the purpose of why we were created was to bring God glory. And the ABC Jesus Loves Me website has a plethora of ideas to help you be able to be a light to those around you during the Easter Christmas season. Yeah. And I would just end this this episode by saying we are not static beings. We are constantly changing and being changed by the Holy Spirit, by sanctification. So I would just remind our listeners that there is room to change your mind. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's a lot of wisdom in being willing to admit that I was one place last year and now through study and maturity, God has brought me to a new place, wherever that brings you. But And and just then in that, there's kindness and gentleness to be demonstrated to other believers who maybe aren't the same place as you are in maturity, or likewise to the non-believers in our life. And so what a beautiful testimony to God's love that we can demonstrate grace to others by being kind and just remembering that God is sanctifying, doing a work in each of us. Yeah. In closing... How are you celebrating Jesus's birth, life, death, burial, resurrection? Are you giving God glory in all that you are doing? And are you teaching your kids the same? We want to thank you for listening to the Parenting to Impress podcast. Be sure to visit abcjesuslesbian.com and check out the show notes for more information on topics shared in this episode. Please subscribe and share with your friends.